Hello everyone out there in Sooner Nation and welcome back to the Boomer Broadcast coming to you after a very disheartening, unfortunate 51-48 loss to Texas Tech that ended up going into overtime. Kind of featured a lot of, I mean, especially on the offensive side of the ball, which we'll get into in more detail, just a lot of just the offensive inconsistency. I mean, came out strong once again. I mean, I wasn't able to do a podcast last week after the OSU game. Hopefully or fortunately, we at least won that one. But again, I mean, started out like gangbusters in the first quarter and then didn't score a single point the rest of the game. And we were basically, I mean, almost looking like we were rolling down that same path on Saturday against tech it was the same deal where you came out strong it was 14 nothing I mean looked like it could have been 21 to nothing I think it was Braden Willis that dropped a touchdown or what could have been a touchdown on a fake field goal and so I mean it just seemed like maybe that was one of those weird turning points of the game because with the chance to really put the heat on tech and almost step on their throat and go up 21 to nothing we end up getting nothing out of it and then at that point after that Texas Tech outscored us 51 to 34 over the remainder of the game. So, I mean, it's just, there's just so much frustrating with this team and just the lack of, I mean, just fire, emotion, coaching, talent, focus. I mean, a combination of all of the above, just something on offense. It'll work for a little bit, but then it won't work for some very destructive stretches. And like I said, it didn't bite us against OSU, but it did bite us in this game. So we'll get into all that here in a little bit. We'll do on this podcast again, we'll do three things. Do want to look at some possible transfer options because I mean, with the season like we're having, it could be a very scary and very real possibility we could see some talent walking out the door when this season's over and so after that then we'll get into some fan questions and comments then look ahead to a possible bowl game but to kick off three things we'll start out with the three things I liked and the first one was Theo Weiss we've mentioned his name a little bit throughout the year but not as consistently as we have with guys like Marvin Mims who had another monster night five catches for 162 yards and a couple touchdowns and another guy Braden Willis who's been pretty consistent as a playmaker but Theo Weiss he had a good night three catches for 123 yards and a touchdown and it's just again he's another one it was good to see him show up and in 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 a game like this the final game of the season but he's also been one that hasn't been the consistent playmaker that you were really hoping and so it was good to see that like I said hopefully he can carry that maybe into the bowl game and into next year because he is only a junior so he does have another year to go and I mean he's he's a good sized athletic kid so hopefully he can build on this and like I said take this into some positive momentum going into next season and again as we mentioned going into the bowl game second thing that I liked was Dylan Gabriel's toughness now you can definitely question the play call because on the first play we did in overtime we ran Drake Stoops ran like a wide receiver reverse and then tossed the ball to Gabriel it was a quarterback pass or a wide receiver and a quarterback pass and unfortunately Stoops I mean really I mean he sent that thing into orbit I think it I think it hung in the air long enough to cook a TV dinner and then it came down and there was a Texas Tech guy that was just I mean had about a 
10-yard full head of steam and just wiped out Gabriel. Totally legal, clean hit. I mean, it was, I mean, that that's football, and it was a shoulder to like Gabriel's left arm, which and he's a left-handed quarterback. And he was down for, oh man, I think it was a good two or three minutes, and then was helped off. And then very shortly after that, they showed him kind of smiling on the sidelines, which was a huge relief. And he did have to come out for a play, and that's when we ran a wildcat play with Braden Willis and didn't have to have Davis Bevel in there, thank God. I don't don't want to don't want to don't want to ruin anybody's Christmas coming up and remind us of what happened in the Texas game this year. But we won't uh, we won't get into that. We did we we did that a couple months ago. So like I said, Gabriel's toughness is definitely something you can't really question with him. I mean, he's again we'll maybe get into him with some of the offensive stuff a little bit here later. And but like I said, the good thing is with him, you can never question his toughness. And it was nice to see him take that hit again, a totally legal clean hit. But it was it was one you you wish he wouldn't have taken and and again is something we may touch on here a little bit later again I mean is that really the first play you want to call potentially getting your quarterback rocked which ended up happening so like I said something something to maybe consider later on down the line and possibly take that one out of the playbook unless you know your quarterback's not going to get like I said get hit like a Mack truck the third thing that I liked was sophomore Danny Stutzman. We've mentioned him a little bit over some of the past couple podcasts, and he just continues to emerge at linebacker and really hoping he can be a defensive key and somebody that this team can start to build around. He ended up with a good stat line. He ended up with 18 tackles, nine of them solo, and was hearing his name called quite a bit. And so, like I said, he's one of those guys, if, if you can start to get these defensive guys into place and start to get some more, of that confidence on defense you've got guys like Stutzman you heard Key Lawrence's name called quite a bit he ended up with nine tackles CJ Colden had 12 tackles Billy Bowman was in there on a lot of stuff and all these guys are going to be back next year except for Colden Colden's a senior but what you're really hoping is I mean these guys that are starting to get some of the confidence and getting some of the playmaking ability on the defensive side of the ball can hope to start to form an identity maybe some confidence because, I mean, in this game, I mean, the, the defense was just as maddeningly as inconsistent as the offense has been. Luckily, the defense was okay against OSU and were able to hold them to only 13 points and get a win in that game. Because, like I said, <laughs> I mean, definitely in that game, you take whatever, take any win you can against uh, against OSU. So, I'm glad we could get the win there. But, I mean, hopefully this defense starts to get better. And it was kind of interesting was during the game, and I didn't notice this before, but the TV camera started to key on Venn Venables and the announcers were noticing that Venables was getting more involved in the play calling. I admit I'm not sure if he'd done that all year and this was the first time it was noticed or paid attention to. I'm not totally sure on that one, but you almost wonder if Venables, who, who is a very defensive-minded guy and had some really, really good defenses at Clemson, and his success there is what launched him into the head coaching job at OU, maybe he decided, okay, I'm going to take a little bit more of this on me and some of these defensive play calling and try to spearhead this defense and see if I can lead them into a little bit better playing overall. So now to get into the three things I didn't like, and the first one was just is, is very obvious, was, I mean, the offensive inconsistency. I mean, we can you can go all the way back after West Virginia and OSU. In both of those games, we were only 2 for 25 on third downs. I mean, that's a bad stat. I mean, against Texas Tech, it got a little bit better. We were 7 of 18 on third down. Again, you're still under 50%, which is not going to win you many games games. 
and we were only one for four on fourth down. So, I mean, you're, you're, you're not getting it done in some of those key downs. Luckily, in this game, we had a lot more of the big plays and things like that that kept us in the game. But, I mean, unless you can consistently get those, those third down conversions, I mean, even those fourth down ones, they're not as commonly needed, obviously, as a third down. But if you can get those fourth down ones, I mean, those can turn the tide of a game as well. I mean, which gets me into the second part that I didn't like was late in the game when we went for the field goal on fourth and two and made it 48-45. Of course, Tech got the ball, came right back and tied the game up. I mean, I, I would have liked to have seen Venables. I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, I mean, go for the win here. I mean, you know you can't stop them. And I mean, if you can't get two yards with Eric Gray, who had, I think, over 150, 160 yards on the game again, I mean, you've got somebody like him averaging 5.8 yards a carry. And I mean, heck, put Braden Willis in there. I mean, as the as a decoy or do that wildcat, which I knocked us for before, or or when we were trying to do it against Texas. But like I said, we won't get we won't we won't re, we won't we won't rehash that dead horse and that debacle. But I mean, I mean, get creative there. I mean, call that wide receiver reverse play maybe there. I mean, again, you probably don't want to get too cute at that point in the game on a fourth and two. But I mean, go for the win there. I mean, you you know how bad this season has been you know now we're I mean after losing Saturday we're officially at 500 could have our first losing season since 98 I mean you really don't have much to lose and in those situations yes I mean you you know you, you it, it, there's always second guessing I mean if you don't get it it's like oh we should have kicked the field goal and then if but then if you get it I mean you get a fresh set of downs I mean possibly get a touchdown because again you knew you couldn't stop tech and you knew how they were rolling I would have liked to have seen some more, I mean, go go for the win, some more conviction there to, on your team and be like, hey, I'm going to put it on the hands of my offense instead of go up by three, knowing that my defense has been a sieve all night. And the third thing that I didn't like, and oh God, you all heard me talk about this a couple weeks ago. I mean, this is what happens when you're a 500 football team like OU. We're on Fox Sports 1, and these announcers are absolutely terrible. And I'm not generally one that, that bags on them unless it's just, I mean, to stick a hammer, take a hammer to your temple bad, but they were. I mean, the play, I think it was the play-by-play guy on Saturday literally said, and I quote, Eric Gray is like a stick of deodorant. And then he was, you heard him kind of pause, like he was trying to figure out where he was going to go with such a ridiculously stupid analogy. And he kind of just fumbled and went on. And then I think it was the color guy, the, the, the guy that kind of after the play gives a little bit of the breakdown. I mean, I don't know if this is the, the Gus Johnson effect where it's like this overly animated, the yelling and stuff like that. I mean, it's very few few of those guys are like your top guys. And like I said, I mean, Gus Johnson is maybe one, but I mean, you look at guys like Herb Street and I mean, Chris Fowler and all those guys, I mean, they'll get excited, but you really have to be careful and very conservative with the with, with the over the top. I mean, there was at one point where a Texas Tech guy made a hard tackle against against Gray and I mean, he went on about it for like 30 seconds. It's like, dude, I mean, I mean, have you never watched college football before or called a game? I mean, yeah, there's some hard hits. You don't have to freak out like it like it like it just turned the whole tide of the game a hard hit. I mean, but it just god, these guys are t- 
terrible. And it's like, and again, I mean, this this is just the fallout from us being, like I said, 500 out of the top 25. I mean, we get relegated to, I think Fox Sports 1 is on cable TV. I, I mean, I, I know I don't even get it, you know, on regular local channels and things like that. So it's, you know, I think it's a cable TV deal. And so, I mean, I don't know. I just, Fox Sports, if you're listening, I mean, those, those guys were terrible. I mean, you've, you've got to find some different people and tone down the energy. There's a time to get excited, but again, not every other dang play do you have to jump out of the press box. So as we said, this is, I mean, just another forgettable loss in a season full of them. I mean, we're officially 500 at 6-6. Six and six. Looking at one bowl prediction I saw it has us playing Arkansas in the Texas Bowl. And so, like I said, I mean, I mean, with a team like OU, we're definitely going to go to a bowl game. I mean, heck, what, I mean, was it 80 or 90 of the Division One programs make a bowl or something? I mean, I've talked before about how bloated the bowl season is. And I mean, with a team like OU and with the fan base and with our tradition, I mean, it, our season is not over. But I mean, like I said, it, it'll be it, it'll be interesting to see because I'm really hoping Venables can get these guys motivated. And for him and, and for the future, which again, we'll get into here in a little bit. I mean, ending up as seven and six, it's only it's only one it's only one game difference, but it looks a lot better than six and seven. And I mean, just being able to say you didn't have the first losing record in nearly 25 years. Again, we've got to go back to the uh, to the to the oft forgotten uh, John Blake era. Again, good guy, same way as Venables just couldn't get it done. And so, I mean, I'm not saying Venables can't get it done. And 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 I know there's a lot of talk out there, or there's just some rumblings. I mean, everybody everybody jumps off the cliff with the old lights fire him or can he go? I mean, as we've talked about, I mean that's stupid, and he's not he's not going anywhere after this year. So I mean, it would now again another another season or two like this. I mean, at 500 ball at a place like OU, yeah. I mean, you yeah you might you might you might want to put the house up for up for sale and maybe start renting if if you have another 500 season or two. So I mean, it's it's not going to get easier, and there's going to be a ton of pressure after this season. And again, to finish this bowl game with a win, no matter how you get it, to again have that record be above 500 at the end of the season. So now to get into a couple of fan questions and comments, Ryan was asking, will you finish with the winning records? Anybody need to be fired? Are we going to get any stellar defensive recruits or transfers? And will we finish with a top 10 recruiting class? Well, I mean, as we touched on a little bit, I mean, it, it all comes down to the final bowl game. I mean, it's it's basically cut or dry, black and white. You win, you're above 500, you lose, you got a losing record first time since 98. I mean, does anybody need to be fired? I'd... Again, I I just don't see it happening after this season. I mean, Le- Lebby's been one you've definitely been able to bag on a little bit, and I mean he's been kind of inconsistent. And on the defensive side of the ball, you've got defensive coordinator Ted Roof again in his first year after Venables came in and was building his staff. Again, I I just don't think you're going to see any knee jerk reactions now. As we touched on before, I mean you have another 500 season next year. You're gonna you're gonna see some. You're gonna definitely see some heads role because like I said you almost have to and the fan base and justifiably so I mean is going to demand a change or something different and again if you don't get rid of Venables which again I see as a very low probability unless I mean my god unless we go like I don't know 2 and 11 next year or something crazy like I said I, I don't see anybody getting fired and as for the recruiting we currently sit according to 24-7 sports we currently sit as the number 7 overall recruit with 22 commits for next year actually two five stars 
stars and 11 four stars. And I, like I said, I mean, now, I mean, that could be in danger because, I mean, you're going to have a lot of these kids that are going to be looking and going, okay, I mean, was this a one-year anomaly? I mean, I mean, in 98, I mean, we had the losing season, Stoops came in, and then the Stoops' second year, obviously we won the national title, as we're all well aware. That was actually my senior year, a year I'll always remember. And so, I mean, is that going to happen? I mean, you're going to have to probably reconvince a lot of these kids and say, hey, I mean, this was a rough year, but I mean, look at what we did positive, things like that. But I, I wouldn't, I would be more surprised than not if that, if that recruiting ranking does start to slip down a little bit as some of these guys do decide to jump ship when they get a little bit nervous, and especially after this bowl game, which could be critical. Like I said, if you can roll into these kids' houses and these recruiting and say, hey, we finished seven and six. I mean, some of those games were, a lot of those games were really close. They were one score games, stuff like that. You may be able to turn the tide or turn the mind of some of these kids and be like, you could come here and continue to build on this tradition. This was, like I said, this was, this was a, an off year, but it's not one that's going to be this way for the next two or three. And Richie actually brought up an interesting point. Why wasn't the final field goal when Texas Tech won in overtime, why wasn't it reviewed? He was saying it looked like it was... It's interesting because he actually put a screenshot on my Facebook page, and it looks like it's a foot inside the right goal post. But again, that looks like it's going over, and it's and it's after it kind of crosses that. And again, as you all out there know from watching on TV, even when you think you're kind of straight onto the goalpost it's still kind of funky and with the depth of field but what was interesting was the announcers those horrible god-awful announcers we touched on before one of them interestingly did say something to the effect of yeah the refs are standing right below it and look up yada yada so it was almost like even they were possibly questioning or wondering but then they were almost trying to say okay well I mean this is why the refs maybe didn't they're right below it they've got a great view every everything like that. But I mean, it does kind of raise the question with almost everything being reviewed these days and looked at, I mean, should it? I mean, you can almost make the case it could. I mean, and and again, generally, like I said, they're not really going to review that. They're probably just going to talk to the refs and they're going to be like, yeah, I mean, they literally, when when it's kicked on a field goal, you have one ref standing below each upright and and, and their goal is to look right up and and see, you know, did the ball go over? And and the ruling, just in case y'all aren't aware out there, if, if, as far as I'm aware if when they're standing below and they look up in the uprights you're almost supposed to basically say that or, or assume that the goalpost goes up to infinity you know it goes a thousand feet up or whatever it basically goes on forever and if I'm if I'm not mistaken and I was able to confirm this if the ball goes right above the upright it's considered good so that's the way the ruling should have been and so they basically had to have seen or we assume that's what the they saw that if any and now with that being said if any part of the ball is outside the upright like the you know the half the ball goes right over the upright and the other half is 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 wide right then it's considered a no good field goal granted it's an inexact science i mean you've got human beings that are standing there below the goalpost looking up at it but I, I mean i don't know you probably could have but again i mean this is just one of those deals i mean a team like ou i mean we really shouldn't have put ourselves really in this position i mean 
and give credit to Tech. I mean, they kept they kept fighting back. I mean, they were down 24 to 6 at one point and then like I said, just battled back to make it 24-23 at the half and all the stuff we got into before. So I mean, I mean, give them credit. I mean, oh you like I said, you you put yourself in this position where I mean, I, we didn't even talk about this, but I mean, on the previous possession when OU did have it on the first possession of overtime, I mean, Schmidt missed the field goal. So, I mean, it's, you know, you, you, you can blame him too. It's like, dude, I mean, you got to make that. You've got one job as the kicker. I mean, you, you, he struggled a little bit already at some at some times this season. And like I said, you know, it, 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 it's his job. I mean, you've got to make that. And so he didn't make it. And then, yeah, you basically handed the ball that handed the ball or handed the game to Tech because, like I said, all they had to do was run a couple plays, kick a chip shot and win. And that's exactly what they did. And so to wrap up, as I touched on a little bit before, I mean, there's a there's a legit fear if, if you're an OU fan and the way this portal goes now where these where these young men can leave a team and go directly to another team and start right away instead of having to sit out. I mean, you might, like I said, you could very well have some guys go. I mean, guys like Marvin Mims, Theo Weiss. I mean, uh, what I think the dominoes with them could potentially fall based on what Gabriel does because Gabriel's only a junior. He can technically come back. I mean, he's not an NFL quarterback by, by any means. I mean, he would probably get an undrafted free agent invite to some camps, but I mean, oh geez, maybe sixth or seventh round if he had an absolutely great camp or something like that and impressed a team or two. But I mean, Gabriel is, is not an NFL talent at this point. So again, he's got to make the decision. I mean, is this where I can best succeed, where I can best take take my talents to the next level? Because I mean, unfortunately, you look out West at USC, I mean, Lincoln Riley's got, got them on the cusp of the playoff and Caleb Williams is one of probably the top two or three favorites if not the favorite for the Heisman and so I mean Gabriel's Gabriel's a sharp kid I mean he's got to be looking and going okay I mean if I want to go to the NFL is it going to happen here and like I said if I mean if he bails I mean I think you're you, you got to be worried about Mims you got to be worried about Weiss I mean Braden Willis I mean he's been a heck of a playmaker too I mean he's a senior so I mean he can't I mean you know, he, he, he'll be graduating or he'll be gone so I mean he's not a big one to worry about but I mean then when you've got guys in the backfield I mean Eric Gray he'll be gone but I mean Javante Barnes as we've talked about on some of these podcasts I mean he's a young freshman that really is quite electric and I think is an exciting player in the backfield to keep an eye on I mean like I said I mean he's another one that's got to look and say hey I mean we're based on the bowl game you know we're coming off a seven and six or a six and seven season at one of the most storied programs in history I mean a team that two two and a half months ago was being talked about for the playoffs I mean, is this where I want to where I want to stick my career and stay stick a stake in the ground and stick with this program? And so you hope so. But this offseason is going to be real interesting. Like I said, based on what Venables does and these coaches, I think some of these guys again, you're going to have to have some one on ones and tell them, hey, I mean, we're going to need you here, and 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 we've got all the tools to 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 basically not repeat what happened this year. So that'll wrap up this episode. I thank you all for joining me. This podcast can be found at soundcloud.com forward slash boomer broadcast. There's also links there for Apple and Google podcasts. The Facebook fan page is facebook.com forward slash boomer broadcast OU. Please continue to get out there and like and share and comment. I love interacting with you all out there. And like I said, continue to, uh, like I said, look at the page for updates, things like that. I'll keep you all updated, especially in the off season. 
of any big news, breaking news. I do try to live blog the games and give some score updates. Hopefully I can do that this year, depending on when we're playing in the bowl game and stuff like that. And on Twitter, you can find us at Sooner Podcast. So that'll wrap up this episode. And until next time, as always, keep your chin up and your horns down.